Hello, and welcome to What Lurks on Channel X. Uh, unfortunately, due to a medical issue, which I will not get into at the moment, uh, Eric, Lynn, and myself were unfortunately unable to get together recently to bring you a new episode this week. Uh, I sincerely apologize to all of our listeners for this, but, uh, you know, shit happens, man. Uh, our topic for the week was going to be cannibalism, and it still will be our next episode. Uh, we'll be getting together in the next few days to record that, so look forward to that coming soon. Uh, probably next week. Um, but uh, in order to satiate that need, because we felt, you know, it was just Thanksgiving, and we covered the Native American uh, uh, skinwalker, which was a lot of fun, but uh, we wanted to cover cannibals. So... Um, in order to satiate that need, uh, I'm going to go back into the archives of the old Mario Likes Movies podcast, which I used to co-host alongside uh, Mario Melillo. Uh, and um, that this week, actually, it's two years ago to this week. It was on December 4th that this episode went up, and we discussed cannibal films. How appropriate. So, uh, our, our new episode will still cover this topic, and uh, consider this to be your aperitif, if you will. Uh, please remember, uh, check out the Macabre Fair Film Fest and grab your tickets for the festival. This festival will be the premiere of our new film, Data States, as well as other films from friends of ours, such as uh, Laid to Rest by Jennifer Valdez, uh, Impervia from Patrick Devaney, uh, Patrick, who has a small role in Data States, and Impervia also stars Dina Demko. Uh, who is one of our leads in Data States. Uh, you'll also be able to see uh, Pretty Fine Things from Ryan Scott Weber, which coincidentally also stars Patrick Devaney, because he's a busy motherfucker. And uh, the new film Wrapped, directed by the star of Data States, Thomas Ryan. So all around, you're going to see a bunch, you're going to be able to see a bunch of films by a lot of the people working on our film. Uh, in total, there'll be over 85 films for the weekend, multiple live performances, vendors, tons of parties, lots of fun, uh, all weekend long. It's going to be a hell of a time. Uh, tickets are available on the website, macabrefairfilmfest.com. Uh, right now, the tickets, they have an early bird discount. If you buy them before December 15th, the tickets will be $25 for the weekend, which is pretty amazing. Uh, considering, you're, considering the tickets are normally $15 per day. So it's $25 for the weekend right now if you buy them before December 15th. The event will take place at the Clarion Hotel in Ronkonkoma, New York on the weekend of January 13th through the 15th. Uh, myself and Lynn will be there all weekend long. Uh, Eric will be there one of the one or two of the days. Um, uh, and, 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 and a bunch of the filmmakers will all be there. We'll have Q&As before our films as well. So please come on out, support us. Uh, check out a bunch of indie horror films. See the premiere of our brand new film. This is the first time it will be screened anywhere. The movie's not even done editing yet. Well, no, that's not true. It, it, we are done editing. Uh, in the next week, I am bringing the film for final coloring and sound mastering. So this is literally the first time that anyone other than ourselves will see this film in its completed form. So... Please come on out and check that out. January 13th in Ronkonkoma, New York at the Clarion Hotel, the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Uh, also, for those of you in the area, this Friday, tomorrow, December 2nd, is the annual Grindhouse Nights Toy Drive at Cafe Z in Union, New Jersey. 
Uh, Grindhouse runs this annual get-together of film filmmakers and fans alongside the Scares the Cares uh, in order to raise money and awareness and donate toys to children for Christmas. So it's, it's a wonderful event, and they do it every year. Uh, last year's show was a huge success, bigger than the year before, so if you want to give a little this year, please go check out horrornerd.net for information on the show as well as their other events which occur uh, pretty regularly uh, anywhere between every, every six to eight weeks or so it's a lot of fun so if you're in the if you're in the New York New Jersey area check that out Friday night December 2nd Grindhouse Nights at Cafe Z in Union New Jersey uh, so that's gonna that's gonna do it right now uh, thank you for supporting us listening here to my little ramble and rant uh, be sure to please subscribe to us if you haven't already subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and uh, Google Play and anywhere you find podcasts if you have any questions suggestions anything for us please email us at channelxpodcast at gmail.com uh, and please do us a huge favor. Please rate us in iTunes and Stitcher and all and whatever podcast app you get. Rate us. Give us a little. Give, give us a little review. It would greatly appreciated. It gets more people to hear about the show and, and and see us and find us a little easier. So until next time, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this archived episode of Mario Likes Movies as we cover Cannibal Films from December fourth, twenty fourteen. Thank you all. Good night and good luck. Hello, hello. Well, I have to admit, this little Facebook game we're playing is kind of fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I was actually enjoying that for a little bit. But you want to know what my problem is right now? What's that? I'm sitting in the living room. Yeah. And um, if I back up, like if I roll my chair back, maybe like three feet. Yeah. In the same room, the temperature drops about 10 degrees. Why is that? I don't know. It's there's a strange vortex that seems to occur. That is what Lynn has called it, a vortex, where all okay. of the nice cool air from the entire house stops at one point. And it causes the entire living room, well, rather half the living room, to be excruciatingly warm when the heat in the house is turned on. But the back of the house gets all the windows are open right now. You know, but uh, uh, see, 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 my family that lives downstairs, since it's one heater for the entire house, the family that lives downstairs, none of them know how to wear socks or shoes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, when it's 40 degrees outside, they're in the house in shorts and t shirts and no socks, and they're wondering why it's cold in the house. So, we just keep turning the heat up. And uh, mm. I'm on the top floor, heat rises, so it gets extremely hot up here very fast. So a good portion of the winter we spend with the windows open because it's just so fucking hot up here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I have the windows open right now. And um, we're getting a nice cool breeze in the kitchen, nice breeze in the bathroom. It's a nice breeze in the bedrooms. There's a nice breeze in the computer room three feet behind me. 
Okay. If I back up three feet, I will feel the breeze coming from the from the window over my computer. But I will not feel it from the two windows that are directly in front of me right now. So, yeah, so we get breeze out of the back windows and the side windows of the house, but not the front windows. Sounds terrific. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. So there was yeah. there was my problem for the day. Oh, I know. I'm so Oh, you know, there's another problem. I haven't I have you can hear Predator in the background. I haven't mm. muted I haven't muted the TV. I'm watching Predator. I'm not watching anything, mm. but uh, my well, cat is trying to eat my ice cream. Well, then you're watching your cat try to eat your ice cream. Guess so. Yeah. So, yeah, Predator is on, uh, I don't know what fucking channel this is. What channel is this? HDNet. It's really cool. Like, Predator, it's, uh, uh, well, Alien vs. Predator was just on, and I missed that, thankfully. Predator is on now, then Alien Resurrection, then Stargate. Then kiss, kiss, bang, bang. How then, random. Then Lassie. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sci-fi, 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 crime drama, Lassie. Okay. Yep. That works. Yeah, HDNet's feeling a little bipolar. I guess they put Lassie on. I think it's 6 a.m. when kids wake up for school and stuff, so I'm assuming that's why it's going to be Lassie at 6 a.m. Wouldn't that be awesome if the kids woke up at 6 a.m. and Predator's on? (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? It would, but uh, I doubt it would happen. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. Last week we covered... uh, Ferguson. Yeah. And it's happening again. Yeah, except this time I am on the side, uh, I'm on the other side of things, because it Um, was video documented. Well, okay, see, I don't know exactly what happened. This is another story that totally missed me. From what I'm understanding, it was a bunch of cops trying to subdue a subject, correct? Yes. Okay, so number one... I will attack... Number one, well, let me just say... He was being a little little rowdy. Yes, that's what I heard. He was, was, in fact... um, uh, uh, resisting the officers. Now, let it be let it be known, they didn't try to kill him. They no they they weren't using their guns. They weren't trying to kill him. It they seems weren't. like four cops tried to subdue a subject, and it just went bad. And that's essentially what happened. Is what it seems. Um. Now, like just once again, they're not indicting this cop. I think it's because. Plain and simple, they looked at it like it wasn't intentional. It wasn't. It was an accident. It was an accident. What happened to this guy? And that's how they're feeling. But I think that if they were going to let him off, which they probably would have anyway, just for political reasons, at least give the guy a manslaughter charge, give the manslaughter charges, and and then eventually yeah. let him off when everybody forgets about it, because you know they will. You know, but at the same time, I know that there's a bunch of protesters and stuff out there and they're like, and they all tried to get to the, uh, to the Christmas tree lighting Uh and they're upset that they won't let them in there. Now, Lynn made a good point about this. She said, there's families and children there. Do you really think they're going to let you near the tree? 
<laughs> this is a big family event. There's countless children standing around there. They're not letting a protest anywhere near it. That's number one. And after number two, you can I'll, I'll let you have the floor. Uh, number two, the reason why this is not going to happen the way it happened in, in, in Missouri is because the NYPD is a fucking army. They, the whole they point can handle, they can handle, no, 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 no. I don't even mean like the way they use their force. I mean that they are the size of an army. That's how many oh, yeah. cops there are. The cops in Missouri, people start rioting. They don't know what to do. They have no idea how to stop a situation like that. Protests and shit like that are a normal thing here in New York. Every year, there's another big thing that causes people to protest en masse. These cops are fully capable of stopping a protest and keeping a riot from occurring. They're totally capable of doing it. That's why before this was even the before the uh, 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 before the decision was even made. There was barricades in place. There were cops at every fucking train station, at every corner. There were police officers everywhere because they said this could upset people. And they got, they mobilized immediately and they got themselves in place. What happened there is not going to happen here because the police know how to handle a situation like that. They know how to stop it before it happens. And I'm telling you, you get a couple hundred people rioting on one street Every single person on that street is being arrested. They're not going to just yep. back up and you know put some barricades up and oh let them fight it out. No, you will all be arrested. And if you're not a, and and if you resist arrest, you're going to get beat down. You're going to get shot. Yep. You get unruly. You become you turn into a riot. The cops are going to do what the cops are supposed to do, and they're going to stop you one way or another. You mm-hmm. know, and 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 the truth is, the. Uh, the real estate in New York is worth a hell of a lot more than the real estate in Missouri. You start burning fucking buildings in, in, in Manhattan. Trust it's going to get real ugly, real fast. Those cops are going to lose it on you. Mm -hmm. They have an arsenal of guns with rubber bullets too. For said they have sonic weapons. They have, they have plenty of gas that they'll stop people with. They have plenty. They they have plenty of riot control abilities to stop it yes, from happening. Do. But go right ahead. Now your your opinion. Um, I saw the video when it first came online, which I haven't. So I'll just um again. It was just the cops really trying to uh, stop, like trying to subdue the guy. He was throwing a fit, but it wasn't like, he wasn't a criminal, this guy. Yeah. He was an old black dude who uh, was not happy with what was going on. And uh, he started resisting the the police officers. And uh, the one guy kind of put him in a chokehold. Yeah. And not like... A normal chokehold. He put him in like a subdual chokehold, like a yeah. rear naked. Yeah. And it killed the guy. And uh, I've seen it a, a dozen times, dozens of times. Yeah. In person, online. Yeah. And it just so uh, happened that this one time, the guy died. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying it was wrong or right. 
but uh, you know, I've seen it a bunch of times, like I said, and uh, I it's hard to say who's right and wrong. I think the guy could have used less force, yeah, personally, but um. You know, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. Yeah. That's the best and way I, I think, can describe it. I think that people probably wouldn't care too much, and it would probably go right over if it wasn't for what happened last week. This probably would have gone unnoticed. It's a good chance, because it's New York, and unfortunately, a lot of mistakes happen. A lot of people get killed. People get killed fighting with the cops here in New York. It happens. You know, it does. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it's right at all. I'm not saying it's right but it does happen. So the fact that when it happened in Missouri, I was like, like I said to you last week, welcome to Brooklyn. This yeah. is this is what happens. People resist the cops and the cops can kill you. Not that they're allowed to, but they can. And it does happen. It happens a lot. That it is, it is a problem. Yes, that is a problem. You know, and again, I'm not saying it's right, you know, but uh, 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 this also happened, what, July Mm-hmm. This happened back in July. That it's just now. Well, I, I I saw it when it happened. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. I'm just saying that this happened back in July, and mm-hmm. um, it's taken this long to get it to court, to get it to trial, or to not even to get it to get it to decision, where they're going to decide whether or not it's taken six months, almost to get it to the point where they're going to decide whether they're even going to bring charges on them, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, in Missouri, it became a big like this happened a, a matter of days later. They were already making this decision because of the fact that this sort of thing does happen here in New York. And it doesn't happen in, 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 in Missouri. It doesn't happen out there. It's something that we're unfortunately accustomed to. Like I said, it's not right, but it, it, it happens. And the truth is we're we're very highly populated. You know, it's a, it's a highly populated city. I mean, this city has the population of entire states. It does. You know, it, it's so it's not even so much that it's happening more often. It just seems like it's happening more often because it's such a so many more people. But by ratio, it's happening at the same rate as it does anywhere else. Yeah. New York's crime rate is a hell of a lot lower than it was, say, 20 years ago. Oh, a, hell yeah. of, a hell of a lot lower. Thanks, Giuliani, for that one. Yeah, that's one of the few things he did that was good in when he was in office. He actually did drop the crime rate, and Bloomberg continued it. Mm-hmm. You know, while they were just all in it for the rich and all that, they they really did a good job of cleaning up New York. I mean, really. They turned Times Square into Disneyland, and it, that was the starting point. It did, and and that brings and unf- and as as fucked up as it is, as people miss it. Do you really miss walking through Times Square, wondering whether or not you're going to get pickpocketed or held up or raped or attacked? Um, do you miss? Do people really miss that? Newsflash: That's still an issue now. It is, but not the, not not the way it was. No, not not even close to the way it was back then. Not even close. 
It's I understand, but it's still me. I got a hole from the east, I got a hole from the west. Got a hole that likes to jack it off and rub it in a chest. I got a bitch from the north, got a bitch from the south. Got a bitch that likes to suck it long and hold it in her mouth. I got a bitch with air, a bitch with none. A bitch with a knife, a bitch with a gun. A bitch with ass big as a TV set. And there's a bitch over there, hey, the one I'm gonna get me over, maybe not. She may not like me though. No sweat to a vet, I rock a sister though. Word. I rock the whole damn herd. Fuck them all and leave them on the curb. I got a bitch with a mink who rocks a fat gold link. Who like to fuck me with her ass upon the kitchen sink. I got a bitch with tits, a bitch with ass, a bitch with none. But hey, I give her a pass and I love them all. I love them crazily and they love me back. That's why they stay with me. So if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hit me. 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son. Got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Got a bitch is old. You know, uh, our topic. We have a topic. I have a, I have a nice segue. There is a movie in this topic that does take place in the city. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And what would that be? Raw meat. Wow, I don't even have that on my list. Raw meat. That's because you're, you're a noob shitter. Yeah, I'm a noob shitter. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So what forgot is our about that one, didn't I you? did. I totally forgot about raw meat. Well, last week we covered police violence. Yep. And bird movies. And yes, and bird violence. <laughs> because uh, it was Thanksgiving and figured we'd talk about like Thanksgiving and Birdemic and stuff. Yep. And uh, Manny had the brilliant realization after we were doing the podcast. Oh man, we should have talked about cannibals instead. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So we should have done uh, yeah. cannibals for Thanksgiving. So the week after Thanksgiving, we are covering cannibals. Yes, we are. Hooray. The Mario Likes Movies crew has finally gotten it straight. Almost. But yes. Almost. Almost. We're, we're, we're picking the ball up. We're picking it up. Yeah, we are. So, uh, so tell us about raw meat. Raw meat is an old, I think, late 70s film with uh, Donald Pleasance. About a series of murders that takes place in Tien, not Tien, Piccadilly Circus? Yeah. Mm. Around Piccadilly Circus in London. And uh, they find out that it's the old subways that uh, people from olden times got stuck there and bred and would eat the flesh of random drifters, homeless, and oft-wanderers. Mm-hmm. And it's just this guy and his sister slash wife left, and uh, the sister slash wife dies, and he goes nuts and starts eating people and killing them all, and he makes it to the surface. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much raw meat. Yeah. In a nutshell, considering I saw it once. Oh, well, I, I can't remember the last time I saw that. It was on Netflix for a while. Oh, okay. 
Uh, hold on one I'm, second. I'm, I'm still eating ice cream. Uh, there was another one that I was thinking that you would be talking about. Oh, okay. Another city movie. Uh, yeah. There's another yeah. one. There's another one came out more recently. Oh, that's two then. Huh. <laughs> because uh, I was thinking of Chud. Well, I have that too. I do have that on my list as well. That takes place in 1980s New York. So if you want to see what actual New York looks like in 1980s, yeah, go watch Judd. Judd. That'll that'll tell you. Um, Midnight Meat Train. Mm-hmm. That's the other one. Midnight Meat Train. See what see the difference between New York City between uh, Chud and Midnight Meat Train. But Midnight Meat Even Train, they, they filmed that in Canada, didn't they? Los Angeles, I'm pretty sure. Did they? Mm-hmm. I thought they filmed it in Canada. Uh, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up. Uh, I plan to shoot the film in New York and Montreal. Uh, but he was replaced. Okay, Patrick Totopoulos was going to direct it. Uh, Patrick Totopoulos is... Uh, uh, people might know him as one of the judges. The skinny guy judge. Right? He was the skinny judge. I don't know, because a lot of these people I don't really know that well. He was on uh, um, Face Off. He's also Greek. Hmm? He's what? He's also Greek. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that means nothing to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Patrick Totopoulos, he, he was originally the director, and then they replaced him with Ryuhei Kitamura. And they shot. Who directed verses? Mm -hmm. And they shot it in L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is why, which is why the subways. It's not that they look cleaner because the New York City subways in Manhattan are getting pretty clean. They're cleaning them up pretty well, but um, the subways are certainly not New York. You can the trains don't look like that. Uh, the trains are close to it. But the tunnels and the platforms do not look anything like that. And that's simply because the subways and everything in L.A. are, very, are quite new. You know, they've only had subways in, new, in, in L.A. for about 20 years. Yeah, people don't use them. No, they don't. They are, they're considered to be uh, for low-class people. The low-class citizens is what the subway is for. In fact, most people are afraid of, tr of taking the trains in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, when we were out there, we took the trains and people thought we were nuts. They were like, why would you get on the train? Because we take trains everywhere in New York. But no, the train. <laughs> That's for poor people. Yeah, it's like you're walking into a war zone. You might as well just go to Iraq for a vacation. <laughs> Goddamn white filmmakers. You know? Yep. <laughs> But uh, yes, Midnight Meat Train, originally written by Clive uh, Barker. Good job there. Originally right. written by Clive Barker as part of the Books of Blood, which is easily one of the most well-known uh, series of short stories, <laughs> of horror short stories. Um, Books of Blood, he wrote, I think this one he came out, 1984 was when Clive Barker wrote this story. Uh the movie is about a 
photographer played by uh, 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 Brad Cooper who stumbles across a serial killer on the New York City train system. And uh, when the train gets to a certain uh, station or stop or something like that, uh, the killer comes out and he kills somebody and they... he kills them pretty fucking brutally, too. Mm-hmm, with a hammer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he drags him away with a hook. And then he eventually realizes that there... He, he eventually comes to the realization after, you know, he, he, he chases the, the killer down and he kind of, after getting... Fighting with the, with the killer a little bit, uh, the conductor of the train comes out. And he explains to the photographer what it is. There are these creatures, these humanoid chuds, essentially, that live underground. They've always been there. And uh, to keep them from coming to the surface and basically killing everybody. Why is this doing this? It's making this weird sound, this recorder tonight. Anyway. To keep them from coming to the surface and killing everyone, this killer, uh, I think his name is uh, Mahogany, who's played by Vinnie Jones. Uh, they he he takes takes bod takes these kills these people on the train and brings the bodies to these chuds underground to feed them and keep them happy. And it's yep, a, every day. Yep, every day. One of my favorite actresses is in this film. Ooh, that she be- is the she is the princess of showing side boob. <laughs> and that would be Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb. Who doesn't really do too much horror anymore, mm. but uh, she's she's a genre veteran. Yeah, she is. She's in the skulls, I remember that. She's in Trick or Treat. That's right. That's right. She is in Trick or Treat. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I remember her in the skulls. But yes, she's in Trick or Treat. She's the whole reason that Sam got mad in the first place. Yep. Even though I don't think she deserved to die. But yes, she did. She blew out the pumpkin. <laughs> well. She angered the spirit of Halloween. She needs to die. Anyone who disrespects Halloween should be dead. Murdered. It's a horror movie. You kill them. Fair enough. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, she shows some nice, uh, delicious side boob in uh, in Lenny Train. (laughs) Nice, delicious side boob. Lip smacking. uh, Lip smacking. she, She does so in another movie, if I recall, that I watched. Well, she did it in the skulls, actually, if I if I am not Probably. mistaken. Probably. And uh she does not even come close to the queen of side boot, which is Carrie Ann Moss. Well. Yeah. She's like just synonymous for showing tit without actually showing tit. Okay. Yeah, Matrix, Mission to Mars. Fido, bunch mm. of shit. Okay. 
Yeah. If you say so. I don't, I can't, my, uh, 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 my memory is not recalling any, but okay. <laughs> you suck. Hey, one of us has to remember it, right? It's always me. Yeah, well. I always remember the stupid shit. Yeah. Midnight Meat Train was a good movie, too. It was it was good. It was well made and everything. And um Weinstein's buried the fuck out of it. Uh well, mention, well Clive Barker Clive Barker actually blamed it on Lionsgate. Directly on Lionsgate on uh, on the uh the head of Lionsgate. Oh, that's who released it? Yeah, it was uh-huh. Lionsgate. He 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 blamed it directly on them because it came out the same time as The Strangers. And uh Clive Barker specifically said that their what was the word he used? No, no. They're shortchanging it. He called it shortchanging. They shortchanged um, Midnight Me Train in favor of movies like The Strangers. Uh, he says it wasn't given a chance because it wasn't. They put it in junk theaters, I remember. Yeah, exactly. They didn't give it a chance because it wasn't one of those. Um, Movies like The Strangers, and I'm, you know what? I love Clive Barker, and I love all his work, and I really do like Midnight Meat Train. But The Strangers is so much better. <laughs> the yeah. Strangers was a much better movie. You know, uh, that's pretty much it. So, uh, what else do we got? Do we have any more City Cannibal movies? I'm trying to think. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. No. Um. No, I guess that really wouldn't be. But we can we can we can go back. This one was kind of city, but it, it had the feel of it because I do believe they shot it in L.A. Uh, Blood Feast. Oh yeah, right. It didn't really mm-hmm. have that city feel, but I do believe it actually takes place in the city. Uh, that being H.G. Lewis' Blood Feast, one of the original gore films. It was the first splatter movie ever made. Yep. Yep. And boy, did it, it make a mark. It was banned, like, everywhere. Yep. Made a hell of a mark, and it, and it, it changed the landscape of horror filmmaking. It changed <laughs> it the landscape of horror in, in total. It completely changed it. It brought gore to the forefront. And as cheesy and silly and bad as the movie was, it was... It was the first time anybody had ever seen anything like that. So it made it it was a big deal. Yeah. Even I mean, though the gore was like terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was ketchup. You know, it was really bad, but for the time that it came out, it was groundbreaking. Like Night and of the Living Dead. Was. Night of the Living Dead was groundbreaking for the time that it came out. You watch it now and it's oh, okay. That's it's a good movie, but yeah, nothing special. But that's because it created all those movies. It started, it was the beginning. Blood Feast was the beginning of gore films. Yep, H.G. Lewis. Was. He, that's why they call H.G. Lewis the Godfather of Gore. Yeah, he, uh, <coughs> he uh, was definitely the, uh, I, I'm not going to say he was the sole originator, but, uh, he uh, definitely uh, had an impact in that field. Oh, my God. What? And my cat is being an asshole, well, like always. Well, it's a cat. That's what they do. 
that's what they do. So, Being a little turd. Let me yeah, see. that's why I Blood like Feast, family Blood plots. Feast is in like, Miami. Like, leave me alone. Blood Feast Blood take Miami. 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 Came out in 1963. Like, filmed in Miami, Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah, for $24,000 over the course of four days. Could you imagine that? Making they a feature film four in days? four days. <laughs> ha, what? <laughs> That's incredible. They shot Blood Feast in four, in four days. Four days. <laughs> How? <laughs> Holy fuck. For $24,000. Well, that was probably a lot of money back then. No, no it still was really small. That still really was nothing. That was know, still man. nothing. No. Well, let me see. Uh, three years, three years earlier, had been Psycho. Okay. Uh, Psycho was three years earlier, and that was eight hundred thousand dollars. Ugh. Yeah. But so, you got to remember that was all sets. None, but it was sets that they owned. <laughs> they were shooting on their own fucking backlots. <laughs> That is true. Yeah, they were shooting on the locations that they owned. It's not like they went out, found a fucking house, and no, they 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 made the damn house. It was on their own lot. It was it was with the producers and directors and actors that they, that were contracted, and you know, yeah. But nonetheless, so so by 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 comparison, the types of movies that were typical to come out in theaters at the time were 800,000 or close to a million dollars were still being spent on movies. Now sure, uh, Hitchcock was probably one of those directors that was getting more money than than most. I'm I'm sure of that. You know, so I'm going to say that the average film was probably still around $500,000. You know, you got to understand yeah. film is still expensive. Yeah. Film was still expensive. But uh okay, so Blood Feast took took yeah, twenty four thousand dollars in four days. That's ridiculous. I had I had not I did not know that. Four days. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh so the movie is about this is about this man named Fuad Ramses. And he owns a catering he owns a catering business. And a woman comes to him, says that she wants him to cater for her her, her daughter's party. Uh, he agrees, he agrees to to do it and he tells her he's going to prepare something very special. It's an Egyptian feast, something that hadn't been, uh, done for thousands of years. Uh, So her her party will be very unique and she's excited about it. Uh, long story short, he's feeding them people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Soil and green. Yeah, he's feeding them people. That's essentially what it is. He he makes the he makes the the food out of human beings, and that's where the blood feast comes in comes into play. Yes, yes, that's where the blood feast comes into play. It is a it is a movie that it it should be seen. As bad as it is, and I'm going to admit, it's. It's not the greatest of movies. Nope. You know, it's badly shot. It's badly acted. And the blood is like, seriously, 
it was also the worst ever. It was terrible. He also he, but that's also why he shot it in color, so you could see the red blood. The blood was like paint. It was so bright red, and Argento takes his cues from that. This is where Dario Argento does it because of that style of film. It's it it became a style. Um, but the truth is, there was so many movies like well, not so many even. I mean, you had things like Psycho was had had the bloody scene, but you didn't see the red of the blood. So the fact that he was making that Lewis was putting such an emphasis on the blood, all it had to be was red. It didn't have to look like real blood. It just had to be red blood. And that would be the kicker. That's what would sell it. People didn't care that it looked fake because they'd never seen anything like that before. So they were just so caught up in what they were seeing. They weren't actually judging it based on 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 uh, 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 uh. merit. Well, no, it, it's done. Well, no, they are. Uh, you give it merit now, but um, they weren't judging it on its technical abilities. The second one wasn't bad. Uh, it was bad. It was just a lot better than the first. One. Blood Feast Two. I <laughs> Blood Feast Two was hilarious. Yeah, I agree. It was I absolutely it hilarious. I have I bought that DVD years ago. I oh man, I bought that at the first Monster Mania. Oh, that you went to? No, the first Monster Mania. Oh wow! Like Monster okay. Mania one. <laughs> I bought it there. That's how long I've had that. <laughs> And it was like, and that's a Monster Mania. It was the first horror convention I'd ever been to as well. So it was like, oh my God, all these fucking awesome. I, dude, we went through, we, we must, I think we went through about $2,500 that weekend. My God, on what? DVDs and t shirts and everything. And we fucking bought pillows and blankets. We came home with literally two garbage bags full of stuff. Mm. You know, but, but like I said, it was the first horror convention we went to. And uh, we'd never seen half the stuff that was like this. And also, it wasn't the convention scene was not what it is now. You know, we're talking, what was this, 2004, 2005? 10 you know? short years. Yeah, you know, it, it, and now we're on Monster Mania 30 coming up. Or 31. Which, like, none of us are going to. Yeah, yeah. I might be there, but maybe. I know you're not. No, I'm not. But uh, no, I still have a hotel room though. Huh. I have well, the hotel room. Yeah, I have the hotel room just in case we decide to go. But I have the hotel room uh, starting Thursday night this time. Mm. So we are considering going out Thursday night. We're considering we would go out Thursday night and we'll come back Saturday morning. That hang works. out, yeah. Hang out Thursday night. Hang out Friday, and then pff, split on Saturday. So. Uh, yeah, because I mean, all the celebrities get there on Thursday. Oh, what? Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's kind of why, like the the you know the actors and everybody who I'd actually like to be able to meet, like for real meet, they're going to be there on third. They they show up Thursday night and they sit in the bar Thursday night. You go there, and sometimes Friday night, Saturday night, no way. Everybody hangs out on Saturdays. The celebrities hide. <laughs> the uh-huh. celebrities hide those other nights because there's too many people so yeah maybe we'll go Thursday night and mingle 
So, um, cannibal movies. <laughs> the other one that sort of takes place in the city is the one I watched the other day. And, oh my God. The name alone tells you that you're in for something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cannibal, sure women, yeah. cannibal yeah. women of the Avocado Jungle of Death. I thought it was hell. What? I thought it was Jungle of Hell. It might have been an alternate title, but when I watched it, it said Of Death. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Starring Shannon Tweed, Bill Maher. Adrian, Adrian Barbobot. And Adrian Barbobot. Yeah. This was terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I saw it on God. USA's Up All Night. Oh, my God, this was... I've never even heard of it, and I found it on Hulu. Oh, my God, this was terrible. Like, I thought it was going to be funny. I thought it was going to be like one of those old uh, Leslie Nielsen-type spoofs, and that's what it was going for. It was going for that, but, oh, man, did it fail miserably. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I don't think Bill Maher was in a single good movie except for House 2, and even that's questionable. Huh. Well, I'm going to have to find out about that, but I can't believe that Bill Maher had to be in something good. But anyway, but that's not important. Um, so this movie, <laughs> Shannon Tweed is a feminist. Mm-hmm. Shannon Tweed is a feminist, and she works at, at a university, and they send her into... The Avocado Jungle. All right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, the Avocado Jungle is not what you think it is, although it is. Essentially, the Avocado Jungle is everything west, uh, excuse me, everything east of San Bernardino <laughs> in California. So you hit this point in California and it just becomes jungle. And which inside, does not which does not happen. <laughs> and inside this jungle, it's literally all of eastern, the entire eastern border of California. When they look at the map, that's what they show you. It's the entire eastern border of California and most of southern California that reaches into Mexico. And that's the avocado jungle. This is where all the avocados of the world come from. Inside the avocado jungle is this group called the Cannibal Women. Who are led by Adrian Barbeau? Led by Adrian Barbeau, they are the Amazonian. Amazonian. <laughs> yes, they are Amazonian women, um, who are taking a stand for feminism, and 
they have a there's a group of men there's a tribe of men that live in the jungle called um oh man what did they name them son of a bitch I don't think that was it but it's close no that wasn't it that wasn't the name but might as well have been sons of bitches I haven't seen this movie since I was like 11. Yeah, I'm trying to... I wrote it down. I'm just trying to see where where I have it written here. Uh, da, 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 da. The Donahue. Named uh. after Phil Donahue. <laughs> That's the name of the, men, the tribe of men. And these men, the cannibal women, use as food. They eat, the, they eat chauvinist men. That's exactly what they do. And the Donahue tribe are subservient to the cannibal women, and they they wait on them hand and foot, essentially. (laughs) At some point, they meet this warring tribe of the women. uh, The cannibal women have a, a female enemy called the Piranha Women. And they are fighting because of... A disagreement in some sort of chip dip. Like, the cannibal women wanted bean dip and the others wanted, like, ranch or some shit like that. And that's what caused the split in the tribe. And that's why now there are there, there are the cannibal women and the piranha women. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, how bad was that movie? <laughs> Shannon Tweed's character is trying to get them to work together now. <laughs> She's all upset. Wait a minute! You're telling me that you have this huge stand of feminism going on here, and you're trying to make these huge strides, and you bitches just can't agree on potato chip dip. <laughs> There is also oh oh the, the trio meet the yeah, the piranha women who have recently taken uh huh okay excuse me no the piranha women are the cannibal women that's them this is where I'm confused okay the piranha women are the cannibal women that's the name of their group the piranha women the other group is called the barracuda women the original different- and the uh, yeah the barracuda the names there. Uh huh. The Barracuda women, who are at war with the Piranha women due to differences over which condiment, guacamole or clam dip, most appropriately accompanies a meal of sacrificed man. This is what they're fighting over. So, they bring her out there and they want her to. Basically, they're threatening the avocado uh, industry. So, I'm just going to read straight from Wikipedia on this because nobody needs to see this movie. No. Uh, they challenge, she challenges, um, Adrian Barbeau to a duel for supremacy. They argue while fighting with various weapons. Eventually Barbeau is killed with a fencing sword. She explains her motives. After ruling the Piranha tribe, she cannot return to civilization and the talk show circuit. She then kills herself by plunging into a pit filled with water and piranha fish. Having discovered the government plot to domesticate the Piranha women by providing aerobics classes and frequent exposure to Cosmopolitan magazine, 
Shannon Tweed refuses to bring the piranha women with her and instead persuades the warring cannibal tribes to reunite, maintaining the peace by means of consciousness raising groups. The film ends happily when uh, the dumb, the dumb bimbo and Jim, Jim uh, uh, was, he was one of them. Yeah. The bimbo and Jim are to be married. And Jean-Pierre, that's the guy from, one of the guys from the tribe, has enrolled at the, at the university as a feminist studies major, becoming, a pro, becoming in the process the ideal companion for Shannon Tweed. So it ends with everybody getting married and them starting consciousness awareness women's study groups. Wow. This movie was not funny in the least. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing about this movie. Like, I'm sitting, I was waiting for the jokes to occur, and they just didn't. Never did. Never. It never happened. Even Adrian Barbeau couldn't save this damn movie. Unbelievable. Yeah, and that's pretty tough. Yeah. You know, because she's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. She's awesome. So, all right, I'm going to see, I'm looking up, I'm looking up Bill Maher's filmography right now. So we have house two, which was good. I did. I do like house two. It has a dinosaur in it. Yeah. Well, um, can't go wrong. Cannot go wrong. Well, he was in Iron Man three. Doesn't count. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Cause he's playing himself. He's playing himself in just about everything. Jesus Christ, most of these movies, like literally the role, himself, 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 himself. He was in John Q as himself. Pauly Shore is dead as himself. Swing Vote as himself. So he's basically playing the Bill Maher uh, talk show host in all these movies. But which one yeah, is that? That's his, uh, that's his MO now. Yeah. It's Son not uh, of a an bitch. actor anymore. Wow, Bill Maher has not been in a single good movie. Soldier. Holy shit. He really has not been in any good movies. Not one. These movies all suck. You're just realizing that now. Yeah, dude, I've never I've never like really you know, I mean, because I like Bill Maher. I like his show that Religious was great. I loved that. In the 90s, he had his show, and Dennis Miller had his show. And then Dennis Miller was the very liberal kind of guy, and Bill Maher was very kind of Republican, straight-laced. And then at some point, they They swapped. They swapped places. And Dennis Miller became an uptight Republican prick. And Bill Maher realized, holy fuck, I've been an uptight Republican prick for years. And they switched. And it's because I loved Dennis Miller. I thought he was great. And I hated Bill Maher. And now I'm, I really don't have anything about Dennis Miller right now because what the fuck has he done? He's a uptight Republican prick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What has he done? What does he do now? Nothing. He hated George Bush. Now he really hates Obama. That's uh, pretty much it. Does he really hate Obama? Oh, yeah. Mm. My fucking lighter is a piece of shit right now. What have you done for me lately, lighter? Nothing. Son of a bitch. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you. Mm, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you.
Silence of the Lambs, even though it's more of a suspense thriller horror movie and not it, uh, much actual. Uh, it contains it centers around cannibal, a cannibal. Yeah. Yes, it does. It contains a cannibal. Yeah, that'd be Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, there's more cannibal action in uh, the sequel, Hannibal, which I wasn't too crazy about. Although Julianne Moore did make it a whole lot easier. Yeah. She tends to do that. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. We talk about a Texas Chainsaw, and many people know about that. Mm-hmm. Something we've also covered a couple of times already. Mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw, the, easily one of my favorite movies. My favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Best movie ever. Yeah. The Sawyer Family out in Texas, another movie that was groundbreaking for its time. I still think it's amazing. I still think that uh, it's incredibly difficult to capture what that movie did. I don't think that like movies just can't do that anymore. Nope. That slow burn just doesn't really exist anymore. I think it's slowly coming back, though. Especially in horror, in horror movies, that slow burn is is coming back. It's just coming back with a different style to it. I don't know. Well, Babadook was a pretty slow burn. Yeah, it was. Babadook was a slow burn, and that's getting praise everywhere. I'm not going to say that was that great. It was good. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. But I don't think it. I don't think it deserves like best best horror movie in years. And uh, what's his name said that it was the best horror movie. Freaking, yeah. Huh. Yeah. William, William, Freakin. William Freakin said it was the scariest movie he'd seen in forever. Dude, what are you ninety? I mean, fuck. Kind of. <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ, a strong wind will scare that man. <laughs> Not to mention like. Other stuff. Another film from the time I, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't remember it too well. But it caused a big deal, and it was one of the video nasties. Uh, was a good movie. It was a good movie, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the Slave of the Cannibal God, which was also called Mountain of the Cannibal God. That's with Ursula Andrews, right? Yep, yep. That was a video nasty. It was one of those that was banned. For its viol- for the graphic violence in it, and, and you know, really nice, really nice, lots, lots of nudity. lots of boobies, including Ursula Andrews. Yep, boob. Yep, <laughs> the nudity there and graphic was, uh, violence just got that movie banned all over the place. But it was part of it, it was part of something that was going on at the time. Um, you had the Italian cannibal films coming out. 
Yes. Which, uh, zombie and uh, a bunch of other shit. Yeah, had Cannibal Ferox. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust is... Man, I love that movie. Oh, you love it? Oh, I love Cannibal Holocaust. I I can see why people get upset about it. I can totally understand it. Um but I absolutely love it. I think it's I think it's great. I think it really is what it lives. It's one of the few movies that really lives up to the hype around it. You know? It truly yeah, will make that. it really truly will make you sick. This yeah, movie will it definitely does too. Yeah, it will push your limits as to what you're watching, and about halfway through the movie, you will question whether you want to finish this film or not. Yeah, they did some really gnarly stuff in that film. They did. Um, what was it? Seventy eight, I think it came out. What Holocaust? Yeah. Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 1978, directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Uh, mm-hmm. He filmed it in South America. Um, yes, Cannibal Holocaust is technically one of the first found, technically the first found footage film ever made. Yep. Even though Even it's though not it's shot narratively. Yeah, it's all right. For those who haven't seen it, um. It's another one I think that you need to see, so that it's you can, really gross. So you can worn. say you have seen this. It's one of those like for the horror fans. It's like a it's like a badge. When when did you see Cannibal Holocaust? When was the first time you saw it? It's like a badge. It's, a, it's like a, a a rite of passage. You need to see it. Um, yeah, it takes place. Uh, I believe New York. Yes, it is New York. Yeah, it's New York. This uh, this group of filmmakers go down to the jungle in South America to the avocado jungle. <laughs> they go down to document the tribes and how they live. And there is apparently this one tribe down there that has not that doesn't know anything about modern society. They're an ancient ancient unknown tribe that are supposedly cannibals. And. Yep. Uh, this group of uh is it three yeah three filmmakers uh two guys and a girl they go down to south america to document the tribes down there and they don't come back so um one of the professors from the school that they were uh i i'm assuming either i don't remember if they were working out if they were students in it but um but he was one. I think they were students because he was one of their professors. They send him down to find out what happened, and he gets there, and um, a good portion. Hold they on. don't kill him. No, they don't. Hold on one second. What is this I'm hearing? I don't know. There's people talking outside, and they're actually loud enough that I'm hearing it in in my headphones. <laughs> hmm. I'm like, what was it? I thought it was a voice in the hallway or something. Was somebody calling? I don't know. No, somebody outside talking, and I can hear them in my headphones. So, anyway. Um, so, he goes down there. They don't kill him. He finds part of the the village is kind of wrecked, and uh, um, they have film canisters hanging from the trees. And these film canisters 
belong to the group of documentarians that went down there and he takes he takes the footage back and they watch it and uh what they watch on these on this film is essentially a snuff film <laughs> yeah pretty much um they screen it and they sit and while he watches it and he, he uh, the people who sent him there they want to know what it really was all about so he sits them through it what they see on these tape what they see on this on this film is probably some of the most disturbing shit you're ever going to see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens first, the first, the documentarians get there and they're amongst the tribes and they're seeing the tribe the way they are in there. And the three of them are basically turning this into an orgy. <laughs> they're just taking turns to having sex with this girl because they're just bored because the tribes are not doing anything interesting. They're just living. These tribes are not hostile toward them. They see some of their practices that are quite violent uh, and primitive. But um, essentially, though, the tribe just leaves them alone. And they think that's boring and they're not happy with that. So they start to egg the tribe on. Uh, They kill some of their food. Like they have a, there's one scene, I think it's a pig, right? They have a pig. Yeah, they shoot it in the head. A pig or or a goat or something, yeah, tied to a stick. And that was essentially going to be lunch or dinner for this tribe. And they kill it. Yep. Um, A real pig, dude. A real pig, yeah. That's part of of what makes this movie what it is. Uh, There's quite a few animal deaths in this movie, and they're all real. They yep. kill a pig, they kill a monkey, they kill a turtle in probably the most disgusting scene you will ever see on film. Nothing. They kill like a little rodent thing too. Yeah, they kill a uh That's the first thing I think they it's kill. A, I think it's a possum of some sort. Yeah. And they like pick it up and he hold and he holds it in his hand, he stabs it in the stomach and this thing squirms and cries and screams. Um yeah, the monkey they chopped its they cut its uh head in half so the like kind of chopping it through the brain. And uh uh that, I think they went through three monkeys to do that because it didn't chop correctly. Um Yeah, yeah. they killed real animals. For yeah, the they really killed these animals. And that's what kind of sells the movie for what it is, because when the violence occurs, the fact that you've been watching these animals die one after another, the fact that you're watching these real animal killings happen, it makes the violence on the people. And they had some great special effects. I'll tell you that, too. There was some really nice effects. Uh, It makes the violence against the people seem that much more real. It's mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like the faces of death thing where there were faces of death there were a couple of pieces of footage that were real most of the others were staged and reenacted but the ones that were real made the fake ones look realer made them look more realistic rather the realer is not a word um so yeah so i think at one point they they lure the the documentarians lure some people from the village into one little hut and they lock them in and they burn the they burn the hut down with all of them and their children inside. Um, yep. And that's when the tribe has had enough. 
they hunt them down in the in the woods, and they take them one by one. Uh, the tribe takes the guy. He, they they string him up. They cut his dick off. Um, and they eat it. And they eat it. Yeah, they cut him apart and. Uh, they rip his eyes out, so I thought that's what they did first. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they 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 really went to work on this guy. And then the girl and the guy and the girl run. They catch the girl, and the tribe holds her down. And I'd say five or six, maybe ten of them, just take turns raping her and beating. And then her. they cut her head. And off. then they cut her head off. Yeah, they beat her head off. They yeah. don't even like chop it up. Yeah, chop it off. They like beat it off with mm. a stick. Yeah, it gets real fucking brutal. One <laughs> force fucking decapitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the guy, and then when the other guy with the cameras left, they catch him. The camera, he they hit him, and you get the Blair Witch ending where the camera falls to the ground. He lands in front of it, and you see his bloody face, and the and and that's pretty much where the footage ends. Uh, yeah, the but guy, they let the guy live. They, they let his the teacher live. Yeah, almost like because he was because they didn't see the connection that he was the same person that he was with them. He meant nothing to them because he didn't do anything to them. So they let yep. him live. Uh, the the portrayal of the cannibal tribe is pretty cool because they're savage, but like they are nice at the beginning. Yeah, all this was caused by the uh, the docu the filmmakers, the documentarians. Yeah, they caused it. They brought it upon themselves. You know, they raped one of the women in the tribe, and uh, one of the and that woman now because of. Uh, tradition she's no longer a virgin and she was to be married so they have to kill her now yep you know but it's something that the tribe is still blaming on them it's still their fault and they take it out on them in very very brutal fashion so the ending yeah. of the movie is is great it's really oh man <laughs> it's such a story of retribution you know that they go down there to see this tribe, this this to to show this, um, you know, savage tribe to the world, and they realize that they're not actually savages, so they turn them into savages. Yeah, it's it's it was a very it's a heavy political message on how the world, how the first world treats the third world. Yeah. You know, especially at the time in the 70s, you had a lot of documentaries and TV shows and things discussing the problems in the third world and how they were lesser human beings than us. And and that's kind of how they treated the third world. And this movie portrayed it in a way where we're kind of creating this monster that we're talking about. Yeah, the the cannibals just led their own lives yep. in the film. You know, like no, no crazy stuff. It was just kind of, I don't know. It was that's the one thing I didn't get when I first saw it because I was younger. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I bought at a horror convention was Cannibal Holocaust because it was not available. Yeah, it was a like a booted VHS. Huh. Yeah. I have a VHS. I don't remember where I got it from, though. I don't remember when I got it either. And I made everybody I know watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all my friends, you got to watch this movie. Why? Because they kill real animals in it. Yeah. And but now man, I, like, no joke, half of them own it on Blu-ray now or DVD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got that special edition DVD, and I'm going to get the Blu-ray soon. 
I should have bought it at Monster Mania when we were there, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's one of those movies that, like I said, I, I think I think a real I think people who consider themselves horror fans need to see it. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you need to. It's definitely uh uh it's definitely one of your scout badges in the horror community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a C Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, well, now it's really not so much anymore because it's got a DVD release and a Blu-ray release, you know, and that's all because of Grindhouse. You know, Grindhouse releasing kind of did that, and Blue Underground, and they bring they take a lot of these old older uh, um, band sick twisted movies and they bring them to the forefront. And they treat them like the classics that they are. You know. Except, uh, well, Screen Factory does it too, but that's more with like '80s cheese. Yeah, yeah, they do it with the they do it with the '80s movies that people loved. You know, the Grindhouse and Blue Underground really go for the '70s, um, balls to the wall movies. <laughs> uh, so the director, the, this movie was so so realistic that the director was actually arrested. And brought up on charges of murder. Because, oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, Diodato was brought on charge. They they actually charged him with 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 multiple homicides because um, the main three actors in the film, part of their deal with the move with me after making the movie was that when the movie was from six months or so after the uh, completion. It was six months, maybe it was a year or so. It was in the contract that they would seclude themselves from public life. So the main actors were not part of the promotions for the movie. They weren't part of pushing it around at all. They essentially dropped off the face of the planet. So Kind of like uh, the three from Blair Witch. Well, they, that, they dropped off the face of the planet because nobody cared. Because <laughs> nobody wanted them, but it was yes the same thing. People thought they were really dead, and it went to the extent of he was arrested in the in a and I believe in a U.S. court, and he was forced to, like, he had to prove he had to physically bring them to court and show the judge that they were still alive, otherwise he was going to be put on trial for murder. And even that was not easy because, again, these three people were told to seclude themselves from public life. So there was no Facebook and Instagrams and shit of where the, uh, to be able to find these people. So when you wanted to go step away from public life, <laughs> you stepped the fuck away and people couldn't find you. And it took, it took some time and a bit of money for him to actually find these people, these three actors, in order to get him off off of uh off trial that's pretty crazy yeah you know <laughs> he didn't do that many movies either uh no no he he ended up doing um he did another one that i do have i'm pretty sure this is him anyway didn't uh, he do house by the cemetery no that's lucio fulci oh oh no house by the edge of the park house on the edge of the park yes Okay, yeah, I get those mixed up. Because even though they're different, they're pretty much the same. Uh, yeah, he did Cannibal Holocaust in 1979. He did House on the Edge of the Park in 1980. 
Um, he had a couple movies before that, and he he did he did a couple afterwards, but that was pretty much all that mattered. Those are the only things he did that anybody's really ever heard of. Uh, he's been trying to come up. He's been he's had an idea for Cannibal Holocaust two for a long time, and he just wanted to call it Cannibals, and he wanted it to take place in the city, but it just it never just not happening. So after that, I mean, he, he did. Ground. Yeah, he did do quite a. He did do a couple other movies. He looks like he's got about fifteen or so movies to his credit in total. Um, a lot of Italian movies too, which is why they you weren't seen here. They're all Italian movies. He was in Hostel too. He was as a cannibal. As a cannibal. <laughs> he was the cannibal in Hostel too. And now. Which is what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Eli Roth is he His just remake he of... just did the Green Inferno. Now they're not calling it a remake. They're calling they're, he's, they're saying that it's an homage to it. In Cannibal Holocaust, the direct the, the documentarians their documentary was called the Green Inferno, and that's what they were naming it in the movie. Eli Roth's new movie is now is called the Green Inferno. And Which has an indefinite release date now. Yeah, it has yeah. been yanked. It got yanked, and I don't even think that they've given a reason as to why. They three yanked. weeks, three weeks before too. Yeah, three weeks before it was supposed to hit uh, a September. limited. It was supposed to be a limited release. I know it wasn't being full release, but it was getting a limited release. Probably would have been about two or three thousand screens. Um, that would have been enough. That would have been more than enough. Yeah, the movie's budget was pretty. Dismal. So, and they yanked it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm. Tr- I'm actually going to look and see. Can we find out why? Is there a reason? But it's just. I've heard. I've heard some reviews that say it's eh, and I've heard other reviews that say it's amazing. Because yeah. and 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 I'm I'm upset because we missed it. Because I was, oh, I was, yeah. was going to go see it in, in New York. I was going to see it here in New York when they screamed, screened it as part of one of the festivals. And I don't remember what I was doing, but I couldn't make it. It was an event. Yeah, there was some event. It was a weekend thing. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Something happened and I wasn't, and I missed it entirely. And I'm upset because it didn't play again. Was intended to be released on September fifth. However, financial difficulties with the production company Worldview have caused Open Road to pull the film from its original release, leaving its future distribution status unknown. Three fucking weeks Three before weeks. it was supposed to come out. Principal photography began in October tw- October two thousand twelve in New York City. Photography of the film began in November. 5th, 2012, and some locations in Chile. The film has been given an R rating, aberrant violence and torture, grisly disturbing images, brief graphic nudity. How do you have brief graphic nudity? Isn't it like one or the other? Probably a dick scene. (laughs) Cut off, right? (laughs) No, because that's what brief graphic nudity is, is usually that. Yeah. Is penises. Uh, sexual that's content. What, if you look at the if you look at the MPAA on say, on forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm-hmm. it does the same thing. Huh. Brief graphic nudity. Oh, okay, so brief graphic nudity, sexual content, language, and some drug use. 
July 30th, it was announced the film would premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. Scheduled to be released on September 5th by Open Road, was pulled by distribution less than a month before its intended release. Approval rating of 63% on on Rotten Tomatoes. On September 7th, 2013, it was confirmed that a sequel would be produced titled Beyond the Green Inferno. Development of the project was later put on hold by Worldview. No shit. So before this movie even came out, they were already greenlighting a sequel, meaning they were expecting this to do well. Yeah, like I said, look at the budget of the movie. It's not a lot. I mean, it's a lot for us, but I mean, for like Eli Roth, not that much. Uh, I think it was under I, 10 million. It's not listed here. Yeah, I know that. I think it was about 7 or 8 million. I don't have yeah, it was the not budget. A lot. The budget is not listed here. Let's see if I can get it on IMDb. No, come on. God, I hate how this thing does this. I hate when like the links are still loading and loading and loading and then you end up clicking the wrong thing because it's still loading and moving shit around the the page, you know? You know what? It's a miracle. Give it a minute. It is. It's a miracle. It's going to fucking space. It's going to space and coming back. It's a fucking miracle. <laughs> oh, Louis C.K. Six million dollar budget. You bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was for 10. What I would do at six million dollars. My God. Oh, I know what I would do at six million dollars. <laughs> I would make my own tribe movie. Oh, yeah, that one. I would do that for $6 million. <laughs> I would do my tribe movie, my cannibal tribe movie. How funny is that? <laughs> maybe, Except, uh, maybe I can do, maybe I can do Green Inferno 2 when they, when they finally decide to do it. <laughs> oh, that's possible. You know, that would work. That would work. Eli, uh, and we said this too. We said it when we were talking about that day. I said, Eli Roth would probably jump on that. Him and Rodriguez would love this idea. Oh yeah, they would both. This this is this is something they would both jump on. Roth because he loves the whole, he loves that old '70s style of horror movies, and Rodriguez because it's all about taking down the white man. <laughs> it's about the natives coming back and taking down the white man, and Rodriguez would just eat that shit up. Uh, yeah, he would. Yeah. Because you know me, I'd have a whole bunch of Mayan and Aztec shit in that thing, too. And he would just go ape shit for it. Oh, yeah. Rodriguez would go ape shit for that. Because he's Mexican. <laughs> he's not Mexican. I mean, his, his, his national, he's, he's, he's American, but... <laughs> he's Mexican to me. He's Mexican in my heart. Guy's from Texas. Mexican, yeah. Yeah, right, whatever. Heute treffe ich einen Herrn. Der hat mich zum Fressen gern. Weiche Teile und auch hart. Stehen auf der Speisekarte. This is 
You want to talk about Soylent Green a little bit? Not really. Okay. You talk about it. Uh, it's made of people. It's it's Soylent Green is people. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's one of the most famous lines Dude, it, of movie time. I mean, I didn't see Soylent Green till I'm going to say I was in my 20s already. And um, I already knew the ending because it's one of those movies. Once you know the ending, okay, you don't really need to see the movie. Because if you, if you know the ending, it kills the whole, like Planet of the Apes. If you know the ending, it's pointless to sit through the whole movie. The ending has like... Damn you! Yeah. God you did it to you. yourselves. <laughs> Coincidentally, both movies starring the greatest overactor of all time, Charlton Heston. Yes. That not, man. Not as, bad as, not as bad as Thomas Jane, but pretty bad. Well, you know, the you know, Thomas Jane is just bad. But this I man, like Charlton Heston, could teach Nick Cage, Nicolas Cage a thing or two about overacting. The bees! The bees! Yeah, I, I mean, well, that's a whole other ballpark that we're... Yeah. We have to discuss one day. Soylent Green is a futuristic dystopian type society where there is no food or anything left. And the only food substance is this thing created by the government where we are that everybody eats called Soylent Green. And it is. What the hell was that? What? That weird whooshing noise. Oh, that was my ashtray. Oh. See, I'll do it again. Well, okay. There's my ashtray sliding across the table. All right. Uh, yeah, so the government has created this food substance called Soylent Green, similar to the um, protein bars in Snowpiercer. Yes. Yes, and uh, it is your canned meat, and this is what everybody eats, uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, it has some underlying... Uh, political tones to it there's something wrong in the there's something wrong with the system and we really don't know what it is and it, they really don't do a too very good fucking job of of really creating suspense in it but in the end charlton heston learns that southern green is made of people it's Be made of people yes the the world is suffering a huge uh population crisis and this is how and the government is basically in charge of killing people and they turn them into food because there's no room for the bodies anymore. So everyone solves is the food eating. shortage too. Yep, solves the food shortage and the population control. So um yeah. Soylent Green is people. And what like else I said do we, yeah, I saw that in people. my twenties and I mean the fucking ending was ruined for me by Animaniacs. That's how popular yeah. that's how popular and well known of a movie this is that Animaniacs was able to make jokes out of it. You well, know? in all fairness, Animaniacs made jokes out of like everything. They did. They did. But I mean and they weren't the only ones. They were other Especially cartoons. Your references. Oh yeah. Not saying Soylent Green was obscure, but No, but it was one of those jokes that people got when they heard it. Kids didn't get it. But like when their parents saw it, they got it, and they made something that made your parent made your parents laugh when they watched Animaniacs with you. You didn't yeah. understand why they were laughing, but they laughed. It was great. I loved Animaniacs. Yep. 
Uh, we've really been all over the place with this, you know? I kind of want to... Uh, people I, under the stairs. Yeah, people yeah, under the uh, stairs. Wow, I, I didn't have that one on my list either. That's uh, that's an awesome movie. Holy fuck. Man, I, I, I trumped that. you twice. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's another cannibal, technically a cannibal movie. Mm-hmm. More political statements in that one. White privilege. White privilege, West keeping the black Cra- man yeah. down. That was Wes Craven's white privilege movie. Yep. <laughs> I like how that's a, a subgenre now that we have to start. <laughs> White privilege. You, you've got your native cannibal thing. I'll figure something out. Yep. <laughs> White privilege horror. <laughs> your next could be in there. Your next is totally in there. <laughs> that's a thousand percent in there. Adam Wingard is going to start cornering the market on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the white privilege horror genre. West Craven, oh, West Cre- actually cannibal holocaust, white privilege. <laughs> yeah, creep show, white privilege. Yep, <laughs> man, that's a five white privilege. Right there. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yeah. We should. That should be a, a topic. White privilege. We should just movies. think of every white privilege horror movie that there is. <laughs> You hear that talking terror? You got some homework. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Fucking, oh, man. Give me $6 million. Let's go. Let's get on this. I got to make this movie already. (laughs) I think you could do it for less than that. Um, I, I wouldn't want to. I yeah, that's do the it. thing. Like, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine about because I'm I'm debating. Even though uh, we've discussed this in the past, I was just thinking about budgeting for my first feature. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what I I mean, obviously, I can't predict the future or investing and in investors if I find any. Uh, but uh, you know, I was thinking around the ballpark between five to ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like the name actress that I want to get and uh, so on and so forth and special effects. But uh, he, he asked me, he's like, if you had like $5 million, what would you do with it? And I said, I would use all $5 million <laughs> to make the coolest movie ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I would probably do the same thing. Because, I mean, really, it's the type of thing that you, that, you, that you would be spending the money on. You know, you're shooting in a fucking jungle, essentially. Oh, of course, this takes place in America, so we'd be doing it in a forest. We'd probably go shoot in fucking Colorado or something. or, or Nah, Dakotas or... There you go. Nah, you Actually... Could do, we could do it in Georgia. We could do it in Georgia. Wisconsin has amazing tax incentives, there so that go. might actually be the better place. There go to, go. like, West Wisconsin. I'll stay in my aunt's house. We'll live on cheese for a couple months. Yeah, we'll, feed every, we'll feed everyone blocks of cheese. Here you yeah. go, you vegan. No, wait, they don't eat cheese either. Never mind. No vegans on set. We're making a movie about cannibals. Yeah. We're making a movie about cannibals in Wisconsin. If you're not into meat, then uh, you got to go. Poor cheese. So what else do we got? What do you got on that list? Parents. Parents, yes. Randy Quaid. Randall Quaid. That was a cool movie. Parents is about this... This... um, This pair of parents. Loner child. This loner child, he's kind of... He has some really freaky dreams. Yes, yes, he has some very freaky dreams. And his parents, like, 
having weird sex in the living room and in the champagne room. In the sham, yes, his parents are creating the champagne room out of his dreams. Uh, he's kind of a loner. He doesn't have any friends, and he makes friends with this. You finally, I think they move to this new town, right? And um, he makes friends with this one other girl, who says she's from the moon. So she's yeah. also a very strange girl. And there's something up, something up with this kid. Something really weird. The parents, uh, excuse me, the teachers say that he's a bit of a problem in class. He's drawing these fucking pictures and saying things to kid to the other kids that's scaring the hell out of them. And now he's a problem child and all of that. Uh, eventually, we we realize that his parents are cannibals, and he doesn't know that they're cannibals. Yeah, the dad takes fresh corpses from his job at a mortuary. Yeah. It's not really a mortuary. Like it's a... There's such a thing as chain mortuaries. Uh-huh. And um, he worked for one of those. And what exactly is a chain mortuary? Like a corporate mortuary. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. Gotcha. Yeah. Like a chain restaurant, but mortuaries. Yeah, like TGI... Uh, TGI Funeral. TGI Funeral, yeah. <laughs> and Sons. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with us? I don't know. TGI Funeral. <sighs> That's that. His father does that, and uh, they do, and, and they do that. And they are cannibals, and the kid finds us out, and, they, and, and, and then we have the ending of the movie, and I'm not going to spoil that. Not this time. Yeah. It's a dark comedy. It's a little off the wall. It was, um, it's kind of like the Burbs, but less comedic. It has that feel yeah. to it. It has the Burbs feel, but the Burbs was way funnier. Because the Burbs was meant to be a comedy. This is kind of riding the line between comedy and horror. You know? Um, it's not very funny at all. In my no, opinion. it's not. I think it's, I think, I think it is a little funny. In more of that, you know, ha, tongue-in-cheek funny. Yeah, I suppose. You know, it's not really, it's not jokes in your face. It's kind of like just off-the-wall humor. Yeah, it's very hard. To, it's very hard to kind of, you know, describe the type of funny that this is. It's the same type of funny that the Invaders from Mars remake was supposed to be. Where it's really only funny when you watch it the second or third time and you get the jokes and all the little things in there. Invaders from Mars. Yeah, that's a good movie too. It's another one. It's another subject we should do one day. What? Like that whole uh, uh, pod people thing. Oh yeah, pod people. That's something. all you. I don't. I don't watch those much. I've really? seen a lot of them, but. Maybe we'll do that one day. Uh, one another one I watched recently. Uh, we are what we are. Oh yeah, I saw the remake. I didn't see the original. It's the same movie. That's what I hear. It's the same movie. Uh, also, I see the remake a little better. To be honest. Okay. Well, the remake's but, in English, uh, so, yeah. so the remake is in English, so immediately it's better. Oh yeah. Yes, because fuck anything in other languages. Except for the raid. Fuck the raid, too. I'll watch it on mute. Actually, the <laughs> Blu-ray is, is dubbed. 
Uh-huh. So it's not like I the still worst. Have, I still haven't seen that. That's hilarious. I was putting it in when uh, when we were going to watch it, and they're like, do we have to read? And I was like, yeah. And then I forgot that it was fucking dubbed, so we yeah. could actually watch it. Uh, well, we were drunk. Yeah, we, we totally were. We were drunk at that point, so yeah, subtitles were not appealing at that moment. Nope. What did we decide to watch instead? House of Wax? No, no, we were drunk because of House of Wax. What was the gonna, third movie we did? We did uh, Blair Witch, House of Wax, and... Something else. Some some other movie that we, like, barely talked about. Yeah, because we were drunk. Yeah. <laughs> we were drunk. I don't remember. Oh, man. Yeah, we did something else. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It's done already. Nope. Go back to the archives. What What... Go through our archives and find out what movie was after House of Wax. We did Blair Witch, House of Wax, and then that in the same day. And we acted as though they were weeks apart, even though they weren't. So, uh, yeah, go back in our archives, figure it out, and then listen to them back-to-back and realize that it was one long day. Also, Toxic Waste. New Jersey Toxic Waste, yes. I haven't had that in a while. Yeah, a while. It, yeah. it was Lindsay's uh, birthday. Yeah, it was her birthday. We killed that bottle, and that was it. I haven't had any since. Yeah, Son that bottle was bitch. that bottle was particularly strong too. Yeah, it if was. I be cold, it was. It was a good bottle. It was a good bottle. If I be cold, but yeah. <laughs> so we are what we are. Day. Is well, let's get back to the subject. We are what we are. Is about a family, and um. Their mother dies. These two girls and their father and their mother dies. Um, I don't recall exactly why the mother died. She had some sort of embolism or some shit like that. Oh, uh, you know. Oh, no, no, no. They, you find out what killed the mother later on in the movie. Um, so the mother had the job of preparing food for the, for the family. And uh, the father is now forcing the two little girls to take on mother's duties. And they're really not totally sure what their mother's duties really were. You know, they're not, but all they know is they don't like it. So the father eventually, I mean, we're talking a little bit into the movie. Um, the father brings them down into this little, you know, basement cave type thing that they have where they have people, they have person tied up down there. And their job is to kill this person and prepare them for dinner. Mm-hmm. This is the family's tradition is that they are cannibals. And the original was Mexican. Yes, the original is Mexican. So Robert Rodriguez was probably in there somewhere. <laughs> White privilege. Cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fucking white privilege. Fucking white people. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he prepares them for. Uh, for the daughters have to prepare the the, the meat for dinner. And they're not happy about it. Nope. So uh, the sheriff is involved because I think his daughter. They believe that his his daughter's missing, and he knows there's some connection to them somehow, but he can't put his finger on it. So that's what most of the movie is: the do- the the sheriff slowly getting closer to them. Mm. 
It's a pretty it's a pretty good movie. It's a little it's a little slower than I than I than I actually enjoy. I mean, I like slow movies, but this was kind of like yeah, this probably could have been about 15 or 20 minutes shorter. You know, yeah. or put something a little bit more interesting going on. Like there really was a whole lot of nothing. Till the end. Yeah, a good portion of the movie is just them sitting at the dinner table. <laughs> They're like, "Yo, we're hungry." Yeah. What's on the menu? Jose. 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 <laughs> Jose's on the menu. Yeah. I wanted something spicy. Well, you got Mexican. it. <laughs> You're in the mood for Mexican? Oh, I'm feeling Chinese yeah. tonight. <laughs> oh, let's get some Chinese. You're such an inspiration for the ways that I will never ever choose to be. Anthropophagus. What a who a thingy magic what? You've never s- wow, you've never you've never heard of Anthropophagus? No. Oh, Anthropophagus is a good one. Nice bloody gory film. Oh man, this is this one's brutal. This has some really nice gore in it. I I assumed you would have known this one. Nope. Yeah, Anthropophagus, I believe, was nineteen eighty. Um it goes on about this uh, these people who are who are vacationing on this vacationing toward this island, and there's another island just a little off the coast of there, and they make a pit stop, and they come across a fucking maniac. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really, really brutal. Um, first he kills some people on the first he kills some people on the um. On the boat itself. After they all get off, I think there's two or three people left, and he kills one of them, or two of them. And yeah, he he is a fucking maniac, man. This dude is big and ugly, <laughs> and brutal as hell, man. Like I mean, like like this guy would make Joe Spinell kind of nervous. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you haven't seen this. Wow. Well, I guess I, I got gonna, I got you this time. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the offspring and the woman you can throw on that list too, even though it's more like 
feral wildernessy, but uh, she's totally, yeah. totally evil. Well, anthropophagus, you you need to see it because you're a gore guy. You're into the gore. You need to see anthropophagus. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. It might still be on Netflix. I'm not positive. It was on Netflix for a little while. It was another one of those banned movies that nobody could find copies of for a long time, so it kind of became pretty infamous. But um, you're going to love the ending. You will love this ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, you're going to love it just for the gore sake alone. I mean, there's a scene where he kills a pregnant woman and then rips out the fetus and eats it. Ew. Yeah. It is a brutal film. <laughs> That's it, pretty crazy. It is the definition of video nasty. Because it's shot really shitty, too, you know? Like, you could tell it's low budget, and but it's really cool. It's a good movie. I like it. It's a bad movie, but it's I like it a lot. The gore alone just makes it worth the while. That's pretty cool. I'll check it out. I was looking on Netflix now to see if they have it. Yeah, it was on there for a little while. Pretty sure I have it somewhere. Yeah, you got to check it out. <laughs> anthropophagus. Just look up, you know what? You know what? Just Google anthropophagus and just look at the poster and you'll see what he looks like. Like it looks like a really big Joe Spinell. <laughs> he really does. He's got the fucking the greasy balding hair with the fucking uh, terrible facial hair. He's got this this like oh man, it's really cool. How do you spell it? A N T H R O Pophagus. <laughs> That's the part I need to. That's what? There, I got it. Yeah, it's also known as Antropophagus without the H. I think that's the Italian name. It's one other one of those movies that you really can't tell what language they actually shot it in. Because <laughs> it's all overdubbed badly like the 70s movies used to be. Yeah, I see it now. Yeah, where like some of it's it's obvious that some of the actors were speaking English and some of them were speaking Italian. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. Definitely. Man, this movie is really bloody. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, it is. Like I said, I'm surprised the gore hound in you has not doesn't know this one. Another one that you love, which we've discussed previously, society. Yeah, less well, on the cannibal side, really. But what else we got? Um, that's mostly my. Uh, yeah, that's that's the list I had. It's pretty much we we hit them all. Mm. We, went, we went through my whole list. We went through my whole list. So cool. um. And I- I brought some up. Yes, you did. You brought, you brought a couple up. That's good. Good. People under the stairs. Oh, man. Man. And we, we created our own subgenre because I brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen People Under the Stairs needs to see that. That's a really good movie. Just for Rayon Graff alone. <laughs> and of young Ving Rames. Yeah, and yes. a young... Uh... 
AJ Langer. Yeah. I think that's her Ray, name. Yeah, Rayanne Graff. Yep. She's Rayanne Graff in my so-called life. A young AJ Langer, a young yeah. Ving Rames, and um, Brandon Adams. Is that his name? Yeah. Really, Brandon Adams. That doesn't the sound. The dude and the chick from uh, Twin Peaks. Yep. Um, but the the kid in the wall. Yeah, Roach. Yeah, yeah and he's done infinite shit. Roach. What's his name? I forget. And I'm rubbing my eyes, so I can't look it up right now. Yeah, <laughs> I forget his name, but he's another another one that you re- you'd recognize. People are in that milk commercial. <laughs> With the milk. Let's see. I can't spell. I know. People in the Oh no, Everett McGill. Everett McGill's the father. Him and the mother were yeah. both in um Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen, there you go. Everett Wendy Ma- Robbie was also in uh, Twin Peaks. Everett McGill uh, was was in Twin Peaks as well. Yeah. Him and the him and the mother in People Under the Stairs, I believe, were they were husband and wife in Twin Peaks as well, and brother and sister in uh, yes, in People Under the Stairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People Under the Stairs is literally white privilege. It's they, the uh, Everett McGill and his sister, who everyone seems to think is his wife because they act like mother and they act like husband and wife. Um, they own the projects. They own the buildings and the projects, and they keep upping the rent and upping the rent to just suck the money out of the poor folk. They mm-hmm. live on. They live in the in a big mansion in uh, you know white privileged town. Uh, Actually, they're in a bad town. No, they they're no, no. They're outside of it in their little community. There's like a little, there's like a little community that's within a little rich community that's within walking distance. I feel you, dog. Yeah, and and they're within walking distance distance of the projects that they essentially own and his fam that their family has always owned, and now they're not they're neglecting the building. So um, this kid, fool. And, and Ving Rames and uh, the other guy, I forget what his, I forget his name. Uh, the, the white dude. The white guy that's with him. Uh, they plot to rob the rich people's house. And they get stuck inside and they fucking kill them. They fucking kill them. In really brutal manner, too. Really brutal manner. Uh, fool escapes. He, gets, he eventually gets out and... Um, Realizes he has to go back for the for their daughter. Um, who's not really their daughter? Who's not really their daughter? No, they have. She a stolen kid. Yep, she's she a kidnapped kid. It turns out that the family, since they are brother and sister, they kidnap children and they raise them as their own. And she is the girl that you know, they've raised her as a daughter, and they've been trying to find a boy. And they always kidnap boys, and the boys never. The boys become this, the boys never pan out, but in but in a very strange twist, they don't kill the boys. They punish them, and they, it's either see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. So whatever the boy did wrong, they either cut out their tongue, their eyes, or their ears. Yep. 
And um, then they stick them down in the basement with all the other boys. So there's essentially a bunch of feral... There's a bunch of feral... Yeah, there's a bunch of cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers in their basement. There's a bunch of fucking chuds down in their basement that they feed black people to. (laughs) (laughs) They kill black people and they feed them to the boys in the basement. Yep. And Sean Whalen is the one really bad boy who lives in the walls of the house. Because he got away. His name's Roach. Yup. Not to be confused with Mike Roach. Nope. Not at all. Although they do kind of look alike. About that. They both have that long, that long face with the skinny chin and the uh, the big uh, cranium. So do horses, but uh, well, you we're know, not. We're not but uh, no, we're not going to talk about her today. Did you know that hay is for horses? But it's not for pigs because they don't know how. Nope. Man, I don't know where that went, but uh <laughs> And then it's funny because around the same time he did the Sir Wes Craven did the Serpent in the Rainbow, more white privilege. Oh, uh, that was based off a true story. Yes, though. it was, but it was a white guy going down there and uh exploiting something that the black people made. He was exploring voodoo. He was. He was exploiting voodoo. Exploring. But, uh, he no, he was exploiting. Okay. No, he was uh, he was trying to use one of their serums for medical purposes. Uh, this thing that the voodoo priests use to knock pe- to to kind of put people into a coma state, comatose state for a couple of days, and then they bring them back to life, and everybody thinks that they brought that that, that the voodoo priest created a zombie. Um, Bill Bill Pullman. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Pullman's a doctor and he wants to use this serum in surgery where if people can be put under in this put under for long periods of time without actual damage to their um to their body they could have huge advancements in 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 medical procedures. He thinks it's the best uh uh, uh anesthetic known to man. He goes down there and he fights with the voodoo people. Gets very voodoo-y. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's an excellent movie. One of Wes Craven's best, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. Easily. Easily. He slowly started to lose it a little after those. After People Under the Stairs and that, that's where he... uh, Then Scream came out and it was like, all right, dude, you're done. You're done. You're going to make a career now off of just joking about the movies that you used to make. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, well. That's how it goes, right? That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, like, karate chopped my cat in the face by accident. Oh, man. I wish I could have seen that. Cat's probably looking at you like, you motherfucker. I'm going to claw your balls while you're asleep. That'd be hilarious. (laughs) You wake up and the cat's sitting on your leg staring at you. You ready, motherfucker? Are you fucking well, she, ready? 
she sleeps on my legs as it is. Oh, man. She's just waiting for the right day and waiting for you to totally drop your guard. You see all this trust I'm instilling in you? Motherfucker, you're going to lose your nuts. <laughs> totally, totally 100% accurate, by the way. <laughs> That's how cats are. They build up that yeah. trust, and then they and then they walk between your legs as you're at the top of the stairs. So uh, uh, I think I think I think we've hit our we've hit our, our apex here. Yeah, we totally have. I can't believe I pulled the the raw meat synopsis out of my ass, but <laughs> I got it right, and I like remembered everything about it. Good, good. At least you didn't sound like you were talking out of your ass then. Sound oh, like, I did. Sound but like I was, you I was, saw it recently. I I haven't. You had me fooled. You had me fooled. Should've I just, just remember. You should have just left that alone. Shit. I remembered the shit out of that movie. Yeah, okay. You should have left that alone. You should have just owned owned it and be like, "Yep, yeah, that's right. I know my shit. I know. I know it." Well, hey, sometimes it pays to remember bad movies that yeah, you I saw guess, randomly I guess at so. like four in the morning. I guess so, especially when it. we're talking, especially when we're on, we're on air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Dude, could you imagine if we ever did a live show? Oh, I assume we'll do one with Andy and Keith one day. One day. Somehow. Oh, man. I'm going to have to, like, pre-write some of these jokes and get real brutal. Oh, no. I'm, I'm like, uh, gut punch off the top of my head kind of jokes. So, uh, you know, because when I'm funny, I'm, like, super ultra yeah, funny, and yeah. it's always extremely <laughs> offensive. So I get I get very descriptive, as you've noticed. I get quite descriptive. I start... You're like, blah, 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 this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, farts. And then you just start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> well, you know what? It's easier when there's a bunch of people. When it's just the two of us, you know, eh, there's a little less. But when you get two, three, four people in the room, oh, man... You need two, three, four more in the room. Imagine that, like six people on this podcast. Like like back when, you know, Louie and Brad were here, there was a lot of punches thrown there. Check minus. Check minus, Brad. I still remember that. Yeah. As my cat falls underneath my covers. I'm telling you, she's, oh, I'm telling you, she's preparing. She's looking for a good spot to hide that you won't know. She's like, yeah, yeah, karate chop me, motherfucker. You want to chop me in the face? Oh, just wait till you're on the toilet, buddy. 
<laughs> well, like I said, it was an accident, but she doesn't know that. She, no, she's a cat. She's a fucking cat. <laughs> yep. She's like, hey, I'm a cat. And that's pretty much it. So shout outs. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the Horror Happens radio show every Tuesday and stuff. Uh, did you see that uh, they have started their discussions for the next slaughter in Syracuse? Yes, BeneathTheUnderground.com recently relaunched. Uh, check out BeneathTheUnderground.com VOD, which has got some new build titles going up, as well as some Ryan Nicholson titles. Uh, what else? Nicholson's got? got a new movie, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I don't promote Indiegogo or Kickstarter projects that aren't my own, but there's a few that I do actually want to mention right now. Go for Because it. I think they're awesome. Uh, number one is going to be Gutter Balls 2. I Ball knew Feet. it. <laughs> that is uh, the sequel to one of my favorite films, Gutter Balls, directed and written by Ryan Nicholson. Uh, he needs about 20,000 Canadians. Uh, he's already 20% of the way there as of this recording. Check out Gutter Balls 2. Um, what's the other movie? There's another movie. Oh, yeah, this uh, Portal to Hell thing roddy piper's in it fighting yep. Cthulhu. yeah uh that's spreading like wildfire all over well, the place looks pretty roddy cool piper. yeah looks pretty cool uh it's only it's unfortunately only going to be a short but uh i still say uh, if you got an extra dollar check it out and then we got uh my personal favorite it's actually a video game which, if it ever sees the light of day, is not coming out until 2016, but I still say support this anyway, because if there is a penultimate video game that horror fans would play, it would be this game. And it's called Last Year. It's a, it's a if you've ever played Left 4 Dead, it's kind of like that. It's five cliched teenagers, all with roles, against a slasher killer. Hmm. It's like a, it's a first person kind of game where you can be the killer or you can be one of the five. And there's a jock, a medic. There's a jock, a black guy, a nerd, a hot girl, and a homely girl. All of the tropes. All of the tropes. And as of right now, there's two locations. There's a high school and a lake. And I assume there's going to be a cemetery, a hospital, like a field slash barn type thing. Like this game, uh, I it has so much potential. If you really think about it, how awesome this game would be. To finally be able to do a real slasher game. Yeah, like, I mean, first person... Shooter type games are not for everybody, but this, I'm pretty sure this would appeal to pretty much all horror fans to at least try it. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a first person player either. But you would at least try something like this. I'd force you to try it. You probably would. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, this game's boring. Oh, I get to be the killer. Oh my God, I can go invisible and corner everybody in the closet <laughs> and them all to death? Sure. You know what would make an awesome video game? Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, they mentioned that in the in the Kickstarter. Yeah, it's that that would be an awesome video game, Cabin in the Woods. Like if you could be, uh, uh, um, 
the people pulling the strings, that would be awesome. That'd be so cool. And you trap everybody like that. I guess, I guess, like you said, what you're saying is kind of along those lines. It's uh, very similar to that. And, uh, oh God, sorry. That was true. Yawn. Last, we got, uh, talking terror. Well, at least on my end, uh, talking terror, the ghoul and Andy G, the king of heart, uh, check them out. Yeah. Always. Check them out. Check them out. Check out them. You said horror happens already. Yeah. We have projects in the works that we'll discuss in detail closer to the near year. Mm -hmm. So we once get some shoots out of the way. Oh, man. Quite a few shoots coming up. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so, like, not prepared for this yet. (sighs) Yeah. I want to go on Sunday. That uh, yeah, I already Lynn, have some complications with. But, Lynn, uh, Lynn hates you for shooting on Sundays. She hates you for that. It's only this Sunday, yeah. and it's only because fucking Case at Midnight is shooting on Saturday. Great. That's uh, the only reason it's on a Sunday. And they're shooting again next Saturday too. Yeah. Uh, let's call that a night. I don't know. My cat's about to step on my nutsack, so your your uh Victory is hers. Yeah. So for Mechanics please, I'm uh, Tom Atkins. And I'm Ellen Ripley. And uh we will see you uh in the Bay of Blood next week on the Boat to Nowhere and White Privilege. Yep, white privilege. I always feel that one to play